Assalamualaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, and we are streaming at WCEV1450.com. Now, if you are just tuning in, you're just joining us for the first time, we are on every evening from 6 to 7 p.m. Central, and you can follow us on social media. Stay connected. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA, and also subscribe to the podcast. You might join in late. Uh, you might miss the live stream, miss the AM broadcast, but you can always go back and find us wherever you get your podcast at. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn, and you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. And before we get going, I've got to also remind you that RadioIslam.com is your destination to uh, see guest bios, pictures, and just stay up to date with all the stuff that you are only going to find there that's going to keep you connected to the Radio Islam family. All right, folks, I am pleased, as always, to be uh, in the company of Bubba Murray. Is he there? Oh, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. I'm right. here. He's there. He's there. Now, so uh, I, I did this intro, I guess, kind of backwards because I would normally give you a little bit of a, a buildup. But knowing that Bubba is here means that it's what? It's movie talk, right? It's movie talk. So for those of you who are joining us, this is your first time um, hearing this particular segment, we have, we've, we've done quite a few, okay? We've done quite a few. But to give you a little bit of uh, background on who you're listening to, uh, first of all, I'll, just, I'll start off with Bubba. Bubba is an award-winning writer and director hailing from Oak Park, Illinois. His background includes receiving the ABC Writing Fellowship, writing for Desperate Housewives, participating in, in the Embassy Diversity Scene Showcase two times, and being accepted into the Fox Writing Initiative his short film, Robox, won the best children's film in the 2017 International Black Film Festival. His short film, Awake, was seen at a number of film festivals, including the Windy City International and the Chicago Horror Film Festival. So he's covering both ends, the children's stuff and the stuff that's going to scare your children. Exactly. You know, bring them in and then have them leave screaming. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to tackle something that we kind of closed out one of our previous discussions on. We said we're going to talk about some of the television shows, some of the series that got the axe. It's just gone too soon. Too quickly. Yeah, so gone too soon. That's the, that's the title of today's, that's the theme. That's the theme for today's show, Gone Too Soon. So where do we start? All right, where do we start? So you know what, I'll throw out the first one. Okay, sure thing. All right, so for me, and I'm not going to go back that far, I'm going to go back to Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. And this aired from 2008 to 2009. Uh, some of you may remember this. This was, uh, this was actually on Fox. That's what I remember. It uh, was. Watching. Yeah. And it starred, uh, it starred uh, Lena, uh, Lena Hetty, who many of you, if you're GLT fans, if you're Game of Thrones fans, you will know her as uh, Queen Cersei. Uh, Thomas Decker, Summer Glau, who was also in another uh, another series we're gonna talk so not, about. We won't. Yeah, no spoiler, uh, no spoiler, because I'm gonna get into that one. I won't. I won't name it yet. <laughs> but um, and Richard T. Jones, who, if you watch Richard T. Richard T. Jones, has been in a lot of stuff from Tyler Perry's uh, uh, "Why Did I Get Married." Uh, right now, he's on The Rookie on uh, ABC. Right, right. 
but yeah, but he's been around, you know, veteran actor, been around for, for a long time and does not look like he has actually aged at all. Yeah, he, he's holding up really well. Yeah, don't understand. <laughs> but let me give you the uh, kind of the synopsis on this. So uh, it says it's set after the events in Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which is a 1991 uh, film. Sarah Connor and her son John try to stay under the radar from the government as they plot to destroy the computer network Skynet in hopes of preventing Armageddon. Now, what was interesting about this is that this was... Unlike in the, the movies, you had Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then you had the, there was another actor, I can't remember the guy's name, who, who was the, uh, kind of the upgraded Terminator, the uh, liquid. Patrick. Yeah, he is a Patrick. Oh, darn it. Uh, but you, I know. Yeah, yeah. But unlike in the, in the movies, when it came time for it to hit the, hit the television screen, the Terminator was a woman. Uh, and I would even go so far as to say an unassuming one, Summer Glau, was the was the Terminator. And I mean, I think this just the setup of it was it, it, it was really good, right? It was really good, and it only lasted a season. <laughs> just one. No, I'm sorry, two seasons. It lasted two seasons. Excuse me. Um, but what I do remember about this with this particular Terminator, when we were when we're used to seeing, you know, either Arnold Schwarzenegger playing it, and in the 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 T one thousand, who was a liquid one, that was Robert Patrick. That's yeah. right. They were, and there was even T three, mm-hmm. where they, I forgot the woman's name, but it was also another sort of liquefied. The Terminator is generally a menacing looking adult, whether it's male or female. Now this one, the Terminator, mm-hmm. had sort of, a, I guess, a, a softer appearance, being Summer Glau, right. almost a, you know, a young woman. A teen woman. So in this one, it you still had the idea of this Terminator, you know, learning about what it means to be human because she has to protect John Connor. Mm-hmm. But also, there's this underlying, obviously, attraction between the two of them, right? Uh, because she is seen as this uh, protector to John, mm-hmm. but also they they come off as being closer to the same age, early twenties. Um, and where they're both, they're both growing and both experiencing this new life on the road. So I I thought that was an interesting take on it. Cause again, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, there was nothing about that as a Terminator. It was just, there were just jokes where he was more of a punchline. Yeah. When he would say things that were considered human or he would make little human, uh, mannerisms. I, I think in one of them, they had him, he had those iconic sunglasses. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe the third one, they had him wear Elton John looking sunglasses. But it was still these <laughs> gags just playing off of how out of step he was. Where with uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, it was her being more human. You, you, you could identify more with the character because she wasn't as threatening. Yeah. And then you, not physically threatening, right? Yes, right. And then you still have Sarah Connor always, I mean, I think she's played great, though, by Lena Headley, uh, who is very distant trying, well, trying, from her son because she's trying to protect him and prepare him for this apocalypse, mm-hmm. but still trying to be the nurturer. So. You know what's kind of messed up for me with this is I don't think I had seen her in anything else prior to, uh, well, after her departure from that show or from being shut down. 
mm-hmm. uh, up to Game of Thrones. And I really liked her character in, uh, in uh, Terminator. So it kind of it threw me for a loop to see her as, uh, see, her, see her as Cersei because I, I, I did not want to dislike her because right. <laughs> she, she had done such a good job in that other, you know, in that other role. And then, of course, another British actress taking over American roles. What, yeah, what's what's yeah. up there going What's yeah. going on in London? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to keep it moving. Let's go on to what's your next pick? So the one I wanted to jump in with also features Summer Glau. This is where we really met her. It's a mm-hmm. show called Firefly. Yeah. And, um, again, Firefly is about, well, it's set about 500 years in the future, and it's about a renegade crew of let's call them bandits who get in misadventures with their captain. Mm -hmm. And one of the things about, well, what inspired the main character uh, who's played by Nathan Fillion. And this show was loaded with talent. You had Gina Torres. Uh, Right now she's about to start her own show called, I want to say it's, well, she was on suits for about, six years or four years mm-hmm. and now they have a spinoff with her i think it's chicago law or something like that okay. but there is alan uh tudyk now you may not know his face but you will definitely know his voice because he's one of their preeminent uh, cartoon voiceover artists uh he if you've seen wreck it ralph he played the king okay uh king candy if you saw the of the Star Wars uh, Rogue One, he was the uh, android. Okay. So he he gets a lot of high profile parts. Even and if you saw the Tick on on Amazon Prime, he was the voice of the ship. Hold on, the Tick with um the other uh, the most recent Warburton? Tick. No, 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 the most recent version of the Tick on okay. Amazon Prime. Uh, okay. He's the voice of the ship. So just to say, he his voice is everywhere. And you also had one of my favorites, Adam Baldwin, who played a rough and tumble, uh, again, sort of hitman type of enforcer for the crew. Mm-hmm. But again, this show lasted one year. It was created by Joss Whedon. And Joss Whedon is also, aside from his superhero flex, he, he really started with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. And he, had the, he, he was really great with action and with his fast-paced dialogue and humor. And then I think he started taking over the Marvel Universe. <laughs> so, so you've got this, this talent pool behind this show. And it was really an exciting show. Uh, oh, Ron Glass was also one of the main characters in this. Barney Miller Ron Glass? Yes. Huh. He, he came aboard as he played a... a uh, Religious man, yes. a religious icon. Yes, or, okay. Yeah, it's coming back to me. So, but yeah, I, I think all the the conflicts that these characters had, they, they were rooted in humor and relationships, so you wanted to root for them, and you enjoyed watching them make mistakes. Uh, in, in this, in, in what really was a remake of a Western, mm-hmm. but set in the future. And one of the things that... that prompted the show was the idea of if you're forgetting if you're familiar with star wars and you're familiar with um han solo there's a scene in the first star wars movie meaning a new hope where han solo 
is sitting in a cantina and he's talking to this other bounty hunter. Now in the movie, the bounty hunter fires and then Han Solo fires back. Josh Whedon was thinking, well, what if Han Solo had fired first? You know, what if he was to take action? Mm-hmm. So taking that, that's what he thought of uh, for the main character in this show who is Mal or, or Captain Mal Reynolds. Okay. So you have, so that gives us this man of action who's going to act first and think later, <laughs> who's always getting his crew into trouble. Mm-hmm. So, but but this, this show had a great following, lasted only one year, but uh, there was such a demand for them to come back in some sort of way. Then, I forgot what year it was, but they eventually had a movie based on the show yeah. called Serenity. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to our last uh, podcast, or our last show, mm-hmm. Chiwetel yeah, Edgy uh, Fort. Yep. was one of the stars in Serenity. And so it, it's all a circle, circle of life. People making their rounds. Yeah, making so, around. So that's that's my first. Uh, that's my first gone too soon. Okay, all right. So the next, uh, the next series that I want to look at is the player, and this is from 2015. And Wesley Snipes was one of the stars. And uh, just a brief summary of it uh, basically says that a former intelligence and FBI officer who now works as a security expert in Las Vegas is recruited by mysterious pit boss Mr. Johnson. And uh, uh, Wesley Snipes played the pit bo- uh, played the pit boss. He was Mr. Johnson. Uh, and based on his tips, the former FBI officer has to prevent crimes. Now, while he's doing this, there's this exclusive um, group of like super rich folks who place bets on his chance of success. So they, you know, they're betting: is he going to be able to? Stop the the terrorists, is he gonna, you know, or not? So that's that was the whole thing, and it was it was a pretty uh, I would say it's a it was a pretty well written uh, show. Uh, even though Wesley was not the star, I feel like he kind of commanded the mm-hmm. you know he kind of yeah. commanded the the attention. Um, but it only it took one. One doggone episode. And, of course, there was this other aspect. There was another kind of a plot line in there, which was about um, the star, Philip Winchester. He was the, the former FBI agent. His wife had been kidnapped. And he was trying to figure out, you know, how that worked out. Do you remember that? That I'm not – I'm not quite sure about that. I just – I remember this the idea of this guy being under the pressure – and the, then the, you had like the pit boss or whatever, uh, the Wesley Snipes character, and I guess he was working with someone else. Them deciding how much the bets were going to go for, as how far they're going to push him, and right. you know, what direction they wanted him to go. Yeah, yeah. But it was a, yeah, it was a pretty good show. And and this, and we probably could name just probably twenty or thirty different shows mm-hmm. um, that. You know, we're taking off, and you never get a reason. Well, you rarely, I feel like you rarely get a real reason why, uh, you know, they decide to take a show off. And it's it's funny when you've got those shows, and then you have a show like, I mean, well, sometimes the shows just can be challenging and a little too, uh, for lack of a better term, avant-garde yeah. for them to give it a chance. I mean, we're a little sidebar about, like, maybe why something gets, that's what I'm jumping into, maybe why some of these shows okay, get, good, get canceled good. quickly. Mm-hmm. But, again, you take a show like, Two and a half men. Okay. That was 
personally, I was not a fan of that show, but it was on for like 13 years. It was on forever. That's the one with John Cryer? John Cryer and Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. And okay. then, yeah. Then um, uh, the model guy. Uh, uh, Ashton, Ashton, Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher. Yeah. yeah. I never watched the show. It was, I saw one episode. It was one of the worst things I ever saw. Mm. But the guy who created that show... Um, he created shows like Mike and Molly. He did Two Broke Girls, uh, even Big Bang Theory. I think all the shows are kind of idiotic, mm-hmm. but he knows the formula to get people going, um, to get people into it and just watch and get hooked on it. You know, it's visual crack. People <laughs> get into it, and so, so sometimes when you offer something a little challenging, mm-hmm. they won't. A lot of nowadays they won't give it a lot of time unless there's a huge, uh, I'd say, investment made in the show. If you don't get immediate ratings, mm-hmm. then it's not going to work. And get this little history thing. Once there were a couple shows though that they did give uh, that time to to gain an audience. And so that's a couple eighty shows. One was Cheers. Mm. That show was really the bottom of the barrel for the first couple of seasons. Really? Yeah, no one watched that show. But they, the, um, the, the, the executives really believed in it. And so, but they, they let it work out the kinks. They let the characters get the chemistry. And so then by season three, four, five, they had a, they had a really a juggernaut as far as a show where people work together, they knew each other. So it just was really genuine by the time they got there because they were able to get past or, or, or get through all the little kinks in the show. Another one, actually not my favorite show, but Seinfeld. Really? Seinfeld was really low rated. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like a 90s show, but it yeah. actually started in the 80s. I think it started in 89, the first season or so. No one watched it. But again, just... You had the, just the one executive, but really high up, who fought for that show. Mm-hmm. And after again, after a couple seasons, it it got its stride, it made its legs, and then it became an iconic show. Uh, but you see, these, these it was not an instant hit. Mm. They really had to develop those sort of shows. You know, you really don't have that kind of appreciation mm-hmm. for, you know, for for that being the actual. Uh, circumstance now because we're streaming everything right right we're going back to the beginning and, and we're looking at it through the eyes of this was this was the show you know this was just this was an iconic show and you don't think about the first episode you're watching going that there was somebody who was saying pull this thing this right. you know this is not gonna work and we have changed the way we've watched television so drastically just within the Within the last few years, as you said, we stream things. Right. Just three years ago, we may not have been streaming as much as we're streaming now. Now the expectation is, I want every episode dropped now because the regular networks mm-hmm. are now have their own side streaming platforms. Right. So, so you're not going to wait two or three episodes to get it. Now, now the positive is, for some shows, they may get a full season order. Versus only having one or two episodes, yeah. if they go to a streaming platform. Uh, but if the show pre- premieres on a network, 
a lot of times if they have a bad first episode, you know, bad pilot episode, it's gone. I mean, that, that's not un, it's not uncommon. They may have shot five episodes, hoping to at least get an order for 13. Right. But that first episode does so poorly, they just say, forget it. We're not going to recoup our... We don't think we're going to make any money for it, so we're just canceling it and doing reruns of some other show. So, so how does streaming impact that? Because before, as you say, with the whole pilot process, and I know, folks, we're kind of taking a little bit of a detour uh, for a moment, but I I think it's worth asking. um, How does that process, uh, that before when somebody would, you know, exec would look at the results from the pilot, and then they'd say, well, eh, it didn't do well, we're going to can it. But with streaming... It's so with streaming, it's not, it's not the same. Yeah, the little different, a little difference with the streaming is um, they are bringing a, a lot of times they're going to bring a known commodity into the show. Mm-hmm. So let's say something like I'm saying, was it the Santa Clarita diet? It's the one with Drew, Drew Barrymore. Barrymore. Yeah, it's got Drew Barrymore. Right. So you get something with her, they might guarantee if you sign up with us, we're going to give you three seasons right away. Right. And then you can just do them, and it may, it may be a terrible show, but because they've got that, the star on board, they can, they will be able to, be guaranteed, maybe two or three seasons to make the show work, mm-hmm. and not have as much uh, creative, or they will they will have more creative control, and the networks will, will, give that up just in order to have, these names. Oh, from ABC, Chandra Rhimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why she would say, I'm going to say goodbye to ABC and go work with either a cable network or streaming service. I will take a hit in the initial salary because you are going to guarantee I get, you know, three or five seasons of a show. I get all creative control and... And they and the network or the streaming services are happy to do that because, like a Shonda Rhimes, Shonda Rhimes is coming over. People are going to watch what she's doing. That's right. And that's how we are nowadays, where whether it's YouTube, that's why you also have some of these YouTube people getting shows because they're bringing, they're migrating their audience with them, mm-hmm. and people can track it. So they, if if you have a popular YouTube channel, you can say, oh wow, a couple million people. Well, that translate onto the network, and. So they can, that will help uh, with the streaming as far as shows getting picked up. Maybe not. Uh, They might get two or three extra seasons. So when we start talking about Gone Too Soon in the future, it may not be one season. We might be saying, you know, three seasons because they have that initial. Just to get them in the door. Yeah, they they got the three seasons guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And then... or they had to be really bad to be canceled. <laughs> yeah. So, so if they are canceled, they probably wouldn't be gone too soon. But uh, that's, I think that's how this this new uh, world, as far as streaming and with the internet, how it affects how these shows are picked up and produced. Because for the smaller services, you're going to try and get them in bulk right. because of the name recognition. And they'll let the name influence the show rather than the show build up the name of the creator. All right. Let me throw this one out really quickly. We're not going to talk about it, but and it has nothing to do with streaming, but it will be gone too soon. It's still with us right Mm -hmm. now. 
but I've heard that this is us, the writers, the whole, you know, mm. the, the whole uh, uh, creative uh, team, they've already decided that it's only going to go, and they've, already, they've got it written out for six seasons. Okay. That's it, and they're done. And I'm saying that it's gone, so, gone too soon because it is brilliant writing and storytelling. Uh, it's a, it is a, it's an awesome show. So it's gone too soon already. Yeah, and so and in, 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 in just, <laughs> again, I'll just say with that, sometimes people, you know, they make that choice because they want to go at the top of their game, knowing yeah, the show's over that. 20 year, years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, in a sense, it's gone too soon for us, the audience, right. but they want to leave while they're, while they are on top and people and they aren't looking over their shoulders right so what's the next one you got well for me it's a it's another sort of fantasy show it's called dead like me and i don't know if you remember this one uh but uh i know the name but i never i never watched it actually. but in case you aren't familiar this it was a one season and i want to say it, it was a showtime show and it was about uh, this young woman, after she was hit on the head by a toilet seat, she becomes a reaper for death, or she becomes a grim reaper. So that's why it's called Dead Like Me. And and again, each episode is they have to cleverly um, kill someone because it's their time. They get a name of someone; they have it's their time to go, but. They have to leave their emotions out of it because if they don't, there are these demons who come around and then start causing havoc and, and causing mass uh, accidents. Hmm. And so, so it's a really, it was a really clever show. It was by this guy by the name of, created by this guy by the name of Brian Fuller. Okay. And he's also known for these sort of fantasy shows. He did a, also a very shortly short lived show that could be on this list, an honorable mention called pushing daisies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he now is one of the, uh, cre- co-creators or showrunners of, um, star Trek discovery. Okay. So he's been in the sci-fi uh, world and he's well respected, but this show had, it starred a young woman by the name of Ellen Muth. And she, had, I just remember because she had a really distinctive, deep, gravelly voice. Uh, also starring in it was Jasmine Guy and right. Mandy Patinkin, among others. So, so it, it had a really strong cast. And just these characters would usually meet up at a diner. It was like a very dark sitcom. Mm-hmm. They'd meet up at a diner, discuss who they had to kill, what was going on. And then um, go on their missions. But the twist in the show was the the young girl who was the Grim Reaper, she was still in her same hometown. So she she could she still saw her mother and her sister and she talk about w- getting emotional. Right. So she was watching what her death, how it affected them. Because as a when she was alive, she didn't think that well, she was an angsty teen. Hmm. She was in a job that she hated. So she really felt no one cared about her. She didn't feel like she had any effect on anyone and that she was being ignored. Then once she died, she actually saw what her loss, how it affected her family. Hmm. And that was part of the, that was part of what was really touching about the show. 
and these characters could take on the 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 personas or 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 they can make themselves look like any person in the world but they couldn't look like their old self okay so they could come looking they they could come by looking like uh the mailman or the or a bus driver or just anyone nondescript that they feel like they could they could get into the house to just have a conversation so yes so that but it was only one season 2000 Three two thousand four, but dead I thought like it was me. dead like me. No, it was great now, show. Now I have to go and watch it. All right, that was a good one. All right, you know what? We got time for for one more. So, okay. what else? What else do you have? Okay, um, have a bunch, but just this is an old school show, mm-hmm. and I just think you should try and find it. It's it's called Frank's Place. It's from eighties, but eighty seven, eighty eight, one season. But it was critically acclaimed, won Emmys for best writing, and it starred Tim Reed. And if, again, if you know some classic television, he was in a show called uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. Yep. And it was about a a sort of out of it's a fish out of water story about this. I, I believe he was a lawyer or businessman who inherited uh, a professor. A professor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was very kind of nerdy and dorky, but he he inherited a restaurant in new orleans and and then he and you know he decided to change his life and run this restaurant and it's just that you had a stuffy professor in with the crazy nolans type of people and uh it's just a really solid show and it was again at the time in the 80s it was really important to have a uh, an african-american a black character who was a professor who was not being portrayed as a hustler or or some sort of um some sort of uh criminal in a sense who was making good he he was an educated family man trying to make his way in in these uh strange waters so so i definitely recommend it if you can find it it's difficult to find but it's called frank's place and it was a cbs show now what's interesting is that his wife daphne reed I see it's also listed uh, as part of the cast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what's the other the little, little tidbit? Uh, created by Hugh Wilson, says that he was a writer and producer known for Blast from the Past and guess what else? WKRP huh? in Cincinnati. So see that connection, once again, we were talking about connections earlier, right? Everything's connected. Yeah. All right. Um, so we got Dead Like Me. Uh, which I don't know if they're streaming. That I'm not sure. So some you can definitely find it on DVD if you yeah. check it out. Uh, and if it is streaming, it, you might have to pay for it. But yeah. you never know; these things go cyclical. So you you might be able to find it on an Amazon Prime or Hulu sooner or later. Yeah. Well, generally, what we try to do is give you film reviews or talk about shows that are generally up on whatever streaming platform uh, that you're on. So if it's Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime. But that's what we try to do, right? Every now and again, we're going to give you one that you might just have to do a little bit of work. But I'll give you a hint. I mean, I've gone to the public library to rent DVDs. And actually, that's so I know or to check them out. So you can get it from your library. I have gotten Dead Like Me from the library. Pay those library fees and go get yourself. Yes, it's it's worth it. It's worth it. That's right. All right, Bob, as always, it's a pleasure. 
my favorite time of the day. Yeah. Okay, we hope you have enjoyed this uh, as much as we have. Uh, we thank you for listening. Um, and let's give shout-outs to our engineers over at WCEV. We thank you for uh, making sure we come through loud and clear. I'm your host, Tariq, joined by Bubba Murray. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. And we remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guest are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. And with that, we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.